Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cami Perfume, our producer, Paul Sonic, our technical producer, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Well, ah, it's almost October, which is my favorite month of the year. And as many of our astute Catholic listeners know, October is the month of the Rosary. And October 7th, specifically, is dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. While kids may be busy thinking about what they're going to dress up for or dress up as for Halloween, we Catholics have our own traditions, too. Joining me now is Father Tom Margavichus to tell us about one of those traditions right here in our local church. Father Margavichus, welcome back to the program. Good to have you with us. Thank you very much, Patrick. Glad to speak to you. Yeah, wonderful. So um, October being just around the corner and it being the month of the rosary and ultimately a rosary procession we've got happening right here in the Twin Cities. Tell us a bit about what a rosary procession is and what it means to a local uh, community of faith. Well, it's uh, the old song that we often sing, you know, oh, when the saints go marching in. Yeah. The, the church has always liked to pray as we process, that mm. the actual moving as we go through a liturgical or a devotional activity, walking together from point A to point B, is something of a symbol of the whole Christian life. It's the idea behind things like the uh, El Camino, the, the, the walk to you know, um, the wonderful cathedral in Spain, it's the idea behind taking a pilgrimage to the Holy Land or to Rome or that sort of a thing, that these many expressions of moving while we are doing faith activities is whole of life in miniature. So a rosary procession is the opportunity for us to say, you know, as we walk and pray, we acknowledge we're not the first ones to do this. <laughs> there are right. thousands of saints who have gone before us in their own faith journeys, as it were. Among them is the Blessed Mother. And you want to process with the saints or when the saints go marching together, and especially our Blessed Virgin Mother, who walked her own faith journey uh, with great virtue and grace, and we want her to accompany us in ours as well. Right. So from what I'm hearing from you, Father McGavish, and great, great explanation, by the way, I, 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 it is so good to remind ourselves that, yes, there is a lot of symbolism that's going on with these processions, but it's different than a parade. It's different than a protest march or something like that. It really does center around uh, the community of faith offering prayers to the Lord and to our Blessed Mother, right? Yes, that's exactly it. You know, it's uh, it's not about us. Right. It cannot be but involving us, because we're the ones doing it, of course, but we put ourselves at the greater glory of God. Now, it is interesting that it always happens in a public setting. You know, yeah. we don't block off a, a, a stadium, for example, and allow only Catholics inside and then lock the doors. You know, right. we go right through the secular streets because that's, in fact, what life is. We don't live our Catholic faith in isolation from the world, but immersed with, and in fact called by God to help transform the world by His grace. Mm -hmm. So insofar as our whole lives are lived in the public sphere, and that's where we practice our faith, then this mini-journey, this rosary procession, is doing that uh, exactly in that way. We're 
living our faith in the public sphere as a reminder that that's what we're called to do in all of our lives. Right, right, absolutely, which echoes very well uh, the sentiment that uh, was just shared with us by our by our previous guest, Sergio Barrera, a Marine veteran who served in Afghanistan, yeah. saying that he saw that in Afghanistan, and that really propelled him forward into bringing, making his Catholic faith and Catholic beliefs more public. Um, well, I think this would be a good time just to uh, just to get the details of the Rosary Procession here going on this year down. So, mm-hmm. as I have it, it's Friday, October first. That's right. uh, it starts at 7 p.m., but the lineup begins at 6.15 p.m., and it's going to be from the state capitol to the Cathedral of St. Paul. Have I got all those right, Father? That's right. That's exactly right. Bishop Cousins will be uh, gathering with all of the faithful at the capitol approach at the steps on the south side of the capitol and start the rosary and process with all of us. Uh, the Knights of Columbus will be in their regalia accompanying us seminarians from St. John Vianney, and many religious orders are in representation. Various ethnic communities sometimes dress up in their solemn regalia as well and process along. So we have historically had uh, as many as 1,000 or 1,500 people. It's, of course, had to be less during the COVID times. Sure. But we're hoping that now that things seem to be uh, easing up a little bit in that regard, that we and of course, doing it outdoor, there's not a whole lot of uh, risk anyway with, you know, the moving free air and that sort of thing. You know? Sure, sure. Right. Yeah. Now, you were just mentioning, uh, Father, about how, about how we do these processions in the public streets and in the mm-hmm. public square and, and that we, you know, we're, we're living out our faith in the midst of in the midst of the world around us, and that because that's how life is. But talk a little bit more about uh, the evangelistic element of uh, bearing witness to our faith, especially as we're going from somewhere as notable as the state capitol building uh, as we walk up towards the cathedral. The, uh, you know, Jesus said that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is most obviously true in the case of the city of St. Paul, where the cathedral is the dome on the highest hill of the city in the downtown area, and the capital is next to it, you know, and so less than a mile apart between these two magnificent domes, wonderful pieces of architecture. So, uh, of course, as Catholics, we look at that and say, um, what's going on with these buildings professing their own values in the public sphere Uh, we as Catholics will uh, endeavor to do the same. In fact, uh, we immerse ourselves in the political life of the world uh, because we live here and work here and pay our taxes here just like everyone else, and we are also Catholics here. It's not as though what we do in our faith is somehow separate from what we do in the regular daily lives that all of us lead. We are um, citizens of society as Catholics, and we don't try to eliminate our Catholic identity from our public witness. In fact, I think we're not as good at public witness if we're embarrassed of our Catholicism in the public arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. 
Let's talk about October a little bit. October uh, is, there's a lot of stuff going on in October. Obviously, we talk about it as being here in our in our local church. Well, actually, in the Church Universal, it is the month of the Rosary. We have the, the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary on October 7th. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we got baseball playoffs going on, so I just throw that in there since uh, since your <laughs> nephew is still pitching for the Mariners, is he not? Right. He um, sure is. Well, all right, he fantastic. You know, he had a surgery this year, but he, yeah. Uh, yep, okay. Right, still on the squad. Mm-hmm. Very good, very very good. Um, but it's also a month, especially with Halloween, where there's some more emphasis among certain pockets of society on things like the occult and uh, really, an, an, in a sense, a more open door to the working of the evil one uh, and, and more attention paid that way. So let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit, because um, what power does our Blessed Mother have over Satan? Uh, the book of Genesis uh, speaks in um, remarkably prescient ways that after Adam and Eve had sinned, and God said, because of this you are banished from the garden, but then um, there will come another who will crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and biblical scholars have looked at that and said, well, certainly this happens on two levels, Certainly, Jesus Christ himself, as the ultimate Savior of the world, and he was crucified on the hill called Golgotha, which is the the hill of the skull, and when the cross was uh, impacted on the skull, it's literally Jesus Christ himself who is crushing the head of the serpent, the enemy, the ancient one. But then we also recognize the fact that he would not have come into this world if not for the cooperation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Hmm. that she herself was cooperating with the will of God freely and given extraordinary grace, and because of this, God honors her prayers and her intercession with great spiritual power. And this is um, anticipated in poetic and apocalyptic ways in the book of Revelation, for example, chapter 12, where the uh, uh, Apostle John sees a vision of the woman about ready to give birth, and the devil was there, the serpent ready to snatch up her child, and God, in fact, pulled her away into heaven. So God uh, uh, has extraordinary spiritual power through the work of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and anything that God does because of her intercession and her participation with grace, causes the devil great fear and uh, consternation. And we're uh, most proud as Catholics to lean upon her um, example, her graces, her intercession in our own fights against the powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the rosary really is then, uh, as we are invoking the Blessed Mother's prayers again and again, it is a a combat weapon against the power of of darkness and evil. Uh, so it's a it's a great weapon to have in terms of spiritual warfare. Correct. Yeah, that's right. That's right. God certainly honors the prayers we do with faith. Uh, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, said 53 times in in one rosary, and and then how many times it takes to get through the rosary between the capital and cathedral is probably going to be more than one full rosary, you know. Sure, sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And once we arrive at the cathedral, just a, just a reminder, we'll have, uh, we'll have some, uh, 
Marian prayers. We'll have some Eucharistic adoration. We'll have some benediction there as well. So it's really a great way of coming together and cap it off. Let me also mention, Father, that those who cannot walk the procession route can still be involved and participate in the in the uh, annual candlelight rosary procession. Either they can go directly to the cathedral to pray the rosary um, with those who are in procession, or mm-hmm. they can live stream it from home on the, the cathedral's Facebook page. That's right. Uh, it will be live streamed. Uh, via the Facebook page, Cathedral. Mm-hmm. And you can find more information on the website, minnesotarosaryprocessions.org. Minnesotarosaryprocessions.org, all one word. Yeah, great. Well, we are grateful for uh, the Archdiocese of, of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and working together with Family Rosary Processions Association. And again, that website is minnesotarosaryprocessions.org. All right, Father. Well, we've reached the end of our time together, but some great and helpful uh, explanations that you've given. Uh, thank you for, for that. Thank you for being on the program. And before you go, could you leave us with a blessing, please? Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for taking care of us in your church through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We ask that by the graces that she obtains for us, we may follow your Son more closely as did she, so that we may proclaim him to the world. And may the blessing of Almighty God come to you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Tom Margavishes, thank you again for joining us. We'll speak to you again very soon, I'm sure. God bless, Father. I look forward to it, Peggy. God bless you, too. All right. Well, we got one more break coming up. When we come back, Paul and I will tell you all about how you can keep practicing your Catholic faith. That's what we talk about, right? Practicing Catholic through a number of upcoming events. We'll be back right after this.